Welcome everyone to another episode of the Blade Hockey Podcast. This is going to be a audio-only version, and I don't have my actual uh, microphone, so this is going to be off of my MacBook's microphone. So if it's good, well, then good on Apple for making a uh, quality product. And if it's it sucks, well, you know, can't knock them because that's not what it was intended for. But anyway. Um, we're going to do it a little bit ass-backwards today. We're going to do um, the review. Well, not review. I get, the uh, standings overview. And uh, who moved up and who moved down the rankings since the last time we uh, we here spoke here. Um, and, uh, yeah. Without further ado, get into it. Atlantic Division. Uh, a lot of movement only because Detroit. Um, so going from bottom to top, eighth place, the Ottawa Senators drop one spot from seventh to eighth with a record of three nine and one. Um, and I want to say I heard that I guess they're going to be rescheduling some games because uh, some of their uh, coaching staff had uh, got put on protocol. So uh, I tried I tried tracking that down. I couldn't find anything uh, concrete on that. Um, but that's what uh, 101 ESPN here in St. Louis is uh, mentioning. At least I think I heard them say that. So uh, if I'm wrong, I apologize. Uh, number seven, Montreal Canadiens jump up one spot because they have one more regulation win with a record of 4-10-1. and one. The Boston Bruins drop down one spot from uh, fifth to sixth place uh, with a record of 6-5-0. and zero. Uh, The Buffalo Sabres with a record of 6-5-2 and two, hold fifth place, uh, dropping one spot from fourth to fifth. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning drop one spot from third to fourth, uh, and they do not hold a wild card spot with a record of six three and three. The Detroit Red Wings surged from sixth to third, jumping up three spots with a record of seven six and two. Um, although you can see, at least uh, if you're tracking at home, folks, um, a lot of these teams are like within like one or two wins of each other, and honestly, they're not too far off from each other that's why it's kind of easy for teams to just like jump up and down the 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 standings at this point at least for a couple of these divisions especially the uh, the eastern divisions we're starting to find that be a uh, an instance number two toronto maple leafs stay at number two for another week with a record of nine five and one so they have not changed from last week and the florida panthers with a record of ten two and two also solidifying uh, for another week as the number one holder, number one spot holder for the Atlantic Division. Metropolitan Division, uh, New York Islanders drop to the bottom of the Metropolitan Division, eighth place with a record of 5-4-2, and two, uh, dropping two spots from sixth to eighth. The Pittsburgh Penguins staying, standing pat at seventh place with a record of 5-3-4. and four. The Columbus Blue Jackets dropping down one spot and out of the wild card position. Uh, with a record of 7-4-0, dropping down one spot from 5th to 6th. The New Jersey Devils holding the 2nd East wild card spot. With a record of 7-3-2, jumping up 3 spots from 8th to 5th. The Philadelphia Flyers standing pat at 4th place, holding that 1st wild card spot for the 2nd week in a row. Uh, the record of 7-3-2, same record as uh, New Jersey. 
Uh, New York Rangers dropping down one spot from second to third with a record of 7-3-3. The Washington Capitals are in second place, jumping up one spot from third to second with a record of 8-2-4. And number one uh, for another week, uh, a team that is undefeated no more, the Carolina Hurricanes with a record of 10-2-0. Regardless, still doing phenomenal. Um... Regardless of not being uh, undefeated anymore, but hey, it's okay. You know, I gotta lose some to to win some sometimes. You know, um, but yeah, that's your Eastern uh, Eastern Conference uh, overview. Uh, Western Conference, there's a Western Conference in the Central. Not surprising. The Pacific, I mean, it's not. Oh, well, it's kind of surprising. But we'll get to that. Or right, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Uh, number eight, Arizona Coyotes with a record of one twelve and one. They only have one win on the season. Not good. Not good at all. Uh, but they stay at eighth place for another week. I want to say this is like the third or fourth three, oh, third or fourth week in a row. Uh, same goes for Chicago, only being seventh place with a record four nine and two. They won some games. Hooray! Um, Dallas Stars. Sixth place, dropping down one spot from fifth to sixth with the record of four, six, and two. The uh, the Colorado Avalanche are fifth place, five, five, and one, with a jumping up one spot from sixth to fifth. The Nashville Predators holding that second West wildcard spot with a record of eight, five, and one, standing at fourth place for the second week in a row, second or third week in a row. I know it's the same as last week. I'll say that. Uh, number three, the Winnipeg Jets with a record of 7-3-3 and hold that third place spot, jumping down one spot from fourth, uh, not fourth, from second to third. The Minnesota Wild jump back up to the second place spot with a record of 9-4-0, and jumping up one spot from third to second. And even though they fell out of first place a little bit um, for a couple days, but they're back to the number one spot again and ref and if we're reflecting off a of week a week they never moved so for the second week and at least for another week in a row the st louis blues are your number one spot in this uh holder in the central division with a record of eight two and two and think that they're doing this with all these people out on uh protocol which we'll talk uh in the back half of the uh the episode about uh, people coming on and off of protocols, uh, COVID protocol. Yeah, they're doing this with people, key people being out, like Tory Krug and uh, Braden Shen and and company doing this, and they're going to be back. And imagine how deadly this team's going to be when all those guys are back and everyone's joing. It's going to be amazing. At least if you're a Blues fan like myself. Uh, the Pacific Division, number eight, last place in the Pacific Division, the Seattle Kraken. I'll be, I'll be, with a record of four nine and one, dropping down one spot from seventh to eighth. Uh, number seven, Vancouver, with a record of five seven and two, jumping up one spot from eighth to seventh. The San Jose Sharks hold sixth place, sixth place. Dropping down from fourth to sixth with a record of seven, five, and one. The Vegas Golden Knights hold fifth place with a record of eight, six, and zero, oh, jumping up one spot from sixth to fifth. 
and they just got William Carlson and um, Mark Stone back, so look for them to start to surge up the standings uh, very soon. Uh, number four, the LA Kings hold the number one wa- uh, West wildcard spot with a record of 8-5-1, jumping up one spot from 5th to 4th. The Calgary Flames hold number three with a record of 7-3-4, dropping down one spot from 2nd to 3rd. The Anaheim Ducks jump up one spot to 2nd place with a record of 8-4-3. And lastly, the Edmonton Oilers stand pat for another week in 1st place with a record of 10-3-0. So that is your... um, that is your standings roundup. Uh, standings reflective as of the um, the morning, we'll say 8 a.m. on uh, this past Saturday. So um, if you're watching this uh, or listening to this episode and you're like, oh, that's not the actual standings. Well, it's because it was reflective back then. So, uh, you know, if things change, it changes, you know, things change. So, yeah. So without further ado, diving into the rest of the episode, it's going to probably be a short one, but hey, you know, just to uh, put one out there on the books, you know, because, you know, don't want to go too, because by the time, if I wanted to wait to tomorrow and do a video version and all that, then I'm basically like halfway to the next episode after that. So, I mean, might as well just put one out now. Um, but as I mentioned, the Vegas Golden Knights get Carlson and Stone back from the LTIR. And uh, definitely look for them to return to form, or at least in the form that, you know, paying all these guys all this money, uh, look for them to um, return to being, you know, a top-tier team in their division. And their division is a quite a weak division, so it should be honestly very easy to get back into the top three. Um, now, I want to say that I had them slated as number one in their division, Actually, matter of fact, you know what? We're even going to go that, dig into the archives here. I know I have my predictions saved. Yes, I had. So you heard me go through the whole uh, divisions uh, and standings reflective Saturday. But what I had my predictions before the season even started, I had Vegas as number one, which they're currently number five. I have number two, Seattle. Uh, in the division, and they're currently eighth. So clearly, um, I mean, yeah, it's still early. We're not even twenty uh, percent into the season yet, or yeah, we're not even a quarter of the way done yet, and we're uh, talking about oh, you know, maybe teams aren't you know doing too too hot. Like for example, like you know, the perennial um, everyone's. Uh, Every analyst's cup winner, the Colorado Avalanche, uh, currently sit fifth in a division, not even in a playoff spot, not even in a wild card spot. So, I mean, clearly, and this is also the fact that they don't have Nathan McKinnon. I want to say he's out for a couple weeks. Um, I know definitely for a couple games, that's for sure, um, which, you know, is reflective. And that's also kind of bad whenever your one guy can just take your team and just take it off the rails because they they're a one-line team they're not a, a four li- uh, four lines deep team like a uh, aforementioned 2019 Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues are but you know hey you know I, you know I used to be mad about you know people not you know 
taking the blues, you know, seriously and always, you know, looking down on us because we're the the Midwest and, you know, flyover states, blah, da, 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 da. We're not a big market, blah, da, 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 da. But, you know, makes it that much sweeter when we end up winning. So, um, but yeah, speaking of the blues. So, the, uh, and this is what's going to end the show here is the St. Louis Blues. Uh, they got uh, Joel Ho- uh, Hofer, Dakota Joshua, and Callie Rosen uh, going back to the Springfield Thunderbirds, which is the AHL affiliate of the St. Louis Blues. Um, and they have recalled Scott Perunovich, Hobie Baker, 2020 Hobie Baker winner, uh, Scott Perunovich, mind you, uh, being recalled to be with the big club as Tori Krug. Kyle Clifford and Billy Huso come back from COVID protocols. And with that, uh, they put Kyle Clifford on waivers uh, to make room uh, potentially and supposedly for the uh, return of one aforementioned Oscar Sunquist, which uh, he has not played a single game this season because he's been on LTIR with uh, injuries. And uh, it'd be great to see Oscar Sunquist back out there, uh, make making it uh, not so blue for us Blues fans, you know, in uh, dire times of scoring and um, just to, uh, having a great centerman. You know, it's great. It's great to have. You know, you can never have too many centermen, especially you know whenever uh, a guy kick, gets kicked out of the uh, the faceoff circle, you have another guy that's capable of taking faceoffs. You know, so there you go. Um, but yeah, um, they, I don't know if Sunquist will be back for tomorrow's game versus the, uh, Arizona Coyotes. However, I do know that apparently Krug will be back in the lineup. He should be back in the lineup. He was skating. Uh, Perunovic, I don't know if he gets put in. He might, um, but we'll see. I know Huso's probably not gonna, he's probably not going to start, uh, but he'll be in backup. And then, uh, yeah, as I just said, Clifford is on waiver. So either A, he's going to get claimed, or B, he's going to report to the Thunderbirds. So uh, regardless, that's some cap relief for the uh, the Blues. Now, one thing I also want to talk about before we go is the prospect of, um, well, number one, well, not even number one. It's the fact that uh, someone mentioned on uh, Hockey Twitter, you know, a great place. It's a great place. Um, that depending on how well Scott Perunovich plays, could you find yourself in a situation if you want to push the envelope a little more by for cap relief? Do you move off of Marco Scandella. Although I know on 101 ESPN they're talking about, oh, you know, you could trade uh, Tarasenko for a uh, top 4D man. Which, I mean, sure, you could. But considering Tarasenko lately, although, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, they, um, a lot of the scoring has been on protocol or comes off a of protocol and when you have your uh, symptoms and stuff, you're not really feeling uh, you kind of like out of the 
your routine and you kind of need to find yourself find your place back in the you know in the machine you know um so with that we find ourselves well could they move off of marcus candela because then you have your defenseman so according to cap friendly they haven't really upload uh, updated it yet so they have justin falk Colton Pareko, Marco Scandella, Robert Bortuzzo, Nico Mikola, Callie Rosen's no longer with the uh, the big club. He's at the Thunderbirds. Uh, and Jake Wallman. So you have one, two, three, four, five. So you have six. And with Scott Perunovic, that's seven D-man up on the, uh, the big club. And Scandella... Is getting paid 3.275 for the next three so and how much is Perunovic getting paid Perunovic is getting paid the maximum at the time for a ELC a 925 grand so when he comes up only 925 grand so depending on how well he comes out of the gate playing um, getting those big minutes and especially I mean I don't know if you're going to pair him with a uh, Colton Pareko but uh, I would expect him to you know probably start out uh, maybe like his first couple games starting out in the third pairing and uh, being paired with a guy like Robert Bortuzzo maybe Um, also because Bortuzzo is going to eat a lot of the more physical you know play uh, kind of you know ease him into it because uh, you don't want to I mean sometimes you know people perform whenever you throw them into the fire as they say but um, you want to maybe want to protect your asset especially you know someone that's you know highly regarded as a a um, future key piece for this franchise is a uh, defense core uh, but yeah I mean could you move off of Marcus Candela? Maybe. Three point two seventy five. You know, you could you could do a lot with that off the books. You could, you very much could. But here's one thing that a lot of people may want to you know consider. So Marcus Candela currently has a modified no trade clause. So I mean, I don't know if that uh, takes him off of being put on waivers but at the same time that's a lot of money and actually a guy that could get you some sort of return even if it's just like uh middle of the pack a middle of a pack uh draft pick like a third or fourth rounder um i mean you gotta keep that in mind so I mean, honestly, I mean, unless you're really hurting for the cap, I wouldn't even mess with it. I I would just try to run with that decor and maybe uh, get as much as you can with this. Because, yeah, the only guy you're really missing out on is Sunquist. And that's all you got to really worry about when it comes to the cap. Because guess what? Um, if you're on protocol your contract doesn't come off the books it's not like LTIR where it comes off the books it's still there so that's another reason why they couldn't pull uh, pull Perunovic up when they were calling for defensemen and that's why I had to call Rosen up because Rosen was uh, 
roughly about 200 grand cheaper. And that was the big difference between the two. So otherwise, yeah, Perunovic would have been up here earlier. A couple, couple games ago. So, which with everyone with, yeah, the only guy that's off the books is Sunquist, and, and it seems like just moving Clifford off the books uh, fixes that problem. So they might have uh, averted a big crisis. Now, could you still find yourself in a position to move Tarasenko this season? Maybe, but once again, depending on how well you guys are doing, when, how, how well they're doing, uh, do you want to risk it? Do you want to just, you know, run with it for the rest of the season, see how it goes, see if his tune changes, see if the team, you know, his team's outlook on him changes? I mean, you might want to entertain that. But uh, but as it stands, you know, he's got to, you know, take it game by game. That's all he can do, especially with this COVID uh, protocol stuff. You know, got to gotta take it game by game. That's all you can do. But yeah, um, before I start really repeating myself, I'm going to end it here. So uh, the next episode, I'm going to try to make it a video version. Um, but yeah, audio version only uh, this time around. But, but yeah, catch you all in the next one. Thank you very much.